the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, Giannis lands a huge contract extension. Cleveland's baseball team makes a change for the better soon, while Major League Baseball finally recognizes the Negro Leagues. In college football, Coastal Carolina keeps rolling while a Florida player costs his team a shot at the playoffs. Finally, in the NFL, we'll talk about the game of the year and wrap it all up with our quick picks of the week and a fantasy football update. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Hola, me llamo Mac, yet again. And I am Heather, who's been watching way too much Big Mouth, so I tend to break out in the hormone monstrous accent just for no reason, just because I like to say the words bubble bath, Lewis. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are we doing this week, guys? Uh, pass. Oh. That good, huh? <laughs> well, I am having a really great week because I get to see Dim Babies this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Them up. So I'm, it's, a, it's a good week. You know what? That makes me feel better. So. Yes. It's, yes. So it's going to be a good week. It's, gonna be it's, a very always, good. it's always a good time when Mama Heather is hanging out with her dirt merchants. That's how mm-hmm. I feel about it. Yep. Yep. Speaking of dirt merchants, we're, we're, we're not announcing it publicly yet, but we have decided on a full name for our son. I don't even think I've announced that on the show It's that we're having a boy. I don't it's, think you have either. It, yeah, it's a, a, every listener, all 26 of you, it's a boy. It's a yeah. boy. We, we've picked a name. Uh, we'll make it official at some point. But, yeah, we, we finally settled on a first and middle name. So we're excited about that one. Very good. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, and let's face it, it took some some wrangling and negotiation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Those, those were, those were <laughs> yeah. some very tense negotiations. Oh, yeah. it definitely was. I could see like Tim sweating heavily on the other side of the table. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give you this if I can get this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Karen's just there, stone faced. Yeah. Not saying a word. No, she. No, she said she, she said a word. And it was no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're we're excited about that. We're looking at about we're about three months out at this point. Um, you know, so when that happens, just for all the listeners, in case you don't know, I will be taking a little break from Hometown Crowd. Um, Mac and Heather will be taking over the lead of hosting, and I believe probably James will be joining them as the third. He uh, certainly will. When, when, he, when he's filling your seat, we're going to refer to him as the James. The, the James. James. The yes, James. The James. He's yeah. the James. Uh, yes. So, yeah, in a, in a couple of months, you guys will hear me drop off of the, the the pod for a little while, but he will I'll be on be he'll be on supporting. paternity leave, so it's fine. Yeah, but it's just you're not going to get paid for it, so don't. Expect yeah, it. So, sorry, dude. Uh, wait, I don't, wait. I don't... we're getting paid for this. I mean, if if you wanted to, we could start a Patreon and get three dollars and split it between the three of us. <sighs> hey, I'll take a dollar a month. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's I'll take a dollar a month. Right. 
Well, before we get started, Mac, you wanted to. Uh... Yes, yes. In my in my uh, uh, drunken stupidity last week, I got my words twisted. Tim called me out on it. Good for you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, but what I was trying to say was that the NA, uh, the reason NBC wants the NHL to start the season sooner rather than later is because with the Summer Olympics being backed up from last summer to this summer, uh, if they started it past January 1st, it could run into the coverage of the Summer Olympics. And I don't know if you guys know, the NBC TV deal with the NHL only brings in like 20% of what NBC makes from covering the Summer Olympics. So I did not know that. Yes. What they don't want is them being, you know, they contractually have to carry the Stanley Cup. But what they cannot do is like preempt, uh, you know, the men's 100 meter featuring sprinters from, you know, Kazakhstan and, uh, you know, other nations they can't have that preempted for the Stanley Cup finals because they're not going to make enough money off of it. Right. So that's what I meant to say. Uh, but I had one too many drinks by the time we kicked off recording and my words failed me. So thank you all for bearing with me as I looked like a complete asshole last week. <laughs> well, it's OK. We, we all look like complete assholes every week. Yeah. Like, where's how is that any different? You just happen to have a bottle of vodka beside you while you did it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I've, I've got another one, but it's smaller. Oh, well, you know what? You know what? It's that's good for you trying to watch your figure. Trying yeah. To get I summer mean, ready. I, I enjoy trying to get that bikini body ready. That's I right. Got you. You, know, you have to start early. I understand. You know, keep, keep the liquor clear and the ass fat. That's my motto. You but, know? Right. You know. All right. Well, on that note, let's dive in too far off the rails. (laughs) Let's dive into the news this week in the NBA. Greek freak Giannis. I'm not even going to try to butcher his last name. uh, Signed a a massive contract extension this weekend, staying with the Milwaukee Bucks for an extra five years and two hundred and twenty eight million dollars. Now, keep in mind, it's Giannis. Giannis on Tentacumpo. Yeah, okay. that's why I didn't even try to butcher his last name because I couldn't get his first name right. Not Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. Giannis. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Oh, so, uh, okay, well, I mean, he fucked up the first name, so I, I'll I'll take that. Yeah, but here here's the funny thing about that deal. We had the $228 million uh, 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 mark, right? That's That's what's been reported. Now, what a lot of people don't realize, this isn't... That's just a rough number because when you're signing a super max deal, it's not based on a number. It's based on a percentage of the salary cap. Okay. Okay. So so when you sign the super max, you're getting 35% guaranteed of the salary cap for that season. Okay. Now, now because of COVID, he's probably losing about $228 million on top of what he's making because the salary cap is only going to go up anywhere uh, the article i'm saying is one to three percent okay okay um so the 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 predetermined number for this this the cap this season is 109 million 140,000 okay so he's going to make 35 percent of that now according to the collective bargaining agreement it's supposed to rise the salary cap anywhere from three to ten percent based on revenue projection okay like it's it's not really a guaranteed number like the mid-level number is 
or, you know, somebody who signs a shorter deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's, he set himself up for life. Um, he really did. And it's funny to watch all those teams, you know, Toronto fans, Phoenix Lakers fans that were suddenly heartbroken, uh, cause they really thought Giannis was leaving. I really didn't. Um, I think he likes it in Milwaukee. Um, like he's kind of the unassuming superstar, right? Uh, right. You know, he's in commercials. He does Hawk product, but like, this isn't a guy that's like, I'm going to go make movies in addition to me playing basketball. Right. He and just, let's be honest when you're projected to make 38 million next year, uh, cause that's what 35% of that number you gave us is. Yes. Yes. Now, but with other incentives, if I can get my lap, my, my computer here to work. All right, the deal is roughly $45 million per year, okay? And that's based over the length of it. So okay. by annual number, okay? Because remember, the salary cap is projected to go up every year. So that 35% kind of creeps up, right? Um, right, right. He's the highest paid athlete in North American team sports based per year. Um, and he's one of only three NBA players, or excuse me, two NBA players that have a deal worth more than $200 million. Uh, and the other would be Steph Curry. So, I mean, he's he's in rarefied air. Uh, you know, this is a dude that's really changed his game. He works really hard. And this is a guy that the Bucks are going to, you know, build around. I mean, they play in the East. Um, it's a very winnable conference every year, even though Miami has gotten, night, you know, so much better. Uh, you know, you still have Boston waiting in the wings. But for the most part, I mean – the Bucks could be like the, the Cavs were for that four-year period when LeBron came back. Um, now what they have to do is surround him with enough people to get them over yeah. that. One, to get them deeper into the playoffs and like they did after you know, the bubbles. You know, uh, and two, are you going to get over the Laker, or the, you know, that Lakers hump? Um, right, right. Because you know, you st- you've got AD and LeBron there, and that's honestly that's probably the best twosome in the NBA right now. Yeah, there's not really like a super team combo up in Milwaukee right now. It's just Giannis yeah, I and mean, some supporting players. I, I like Drew Holiday. I thought that getting you know, them pulling uh you know, the Bucks pulling him in uh when the when the uh, you know, the off season officially started, the free agent officially, you know, free agency officially started. I mean that was a great pickup. Um I, I didn't quite understand that the the mass uh you know the the four first rounders. I, I I was a little surprised by that, but you know, they're, they're doing what they can to keep, you know, Giannis happy. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this is great for Milwaukee. This is awesome for Milwaukee. Uh, you know, you've got arguably one of the faces of the league that's, that's sticking around for another five years. That's great. Uh, you know, so, I mean, here, here's to Milwaukee. Uh, I, I commend you Milwaukee general manager for making this deal. Now, good luck over the next five years. Uh, assembling a roster around the man to, to put your franchise in uh, the best position to win a title. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, get, you know, I get, and some dude is getting fuck you money out of it. So, you know, Oh God, can you imagine like, dude, as his agent, I would have been like, yo, if I was a smart man, I would have called him up before this got negotiated and just been like, I'll take 3%. I don't even right. need 10. Give me yeah. three. You right. know, <laughs> And, and then you retire. <laughs> oh, no. I would have been on call for him. He could have been like, yo, man, I killed a hooker. And I would have been like, I'll make that disappear. Don't worry about it. I got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 
All right, well, let's turn to Major League Baseball with something that hits really close to home for Mac and I. Uh, Cleveland announced this week that they would officially be dropping their nickname after years of backlash of, and claims of racism. Uh, two years ago, the team announced that Chief Wahoo, a caricature of the Native American tribes, would no longer be the mascot of the team. However, they also announced that the change wouldn't take place until 2022, and the nickname yeah. will be in effect for the 2021 season. So they know what the right thing is. They're going to do it, just not yet? I think a big part of it was uh, copyright stuff. It takes about two years to get stuff like that approved. Um, and the Dolans being the Dolans, um, I don't, you know, I don't have anything positive to say about either Dolan that owns a pro sports franchise. Um, you know, I don't think he, you know, let's face it when Washington said, Hey, we're dropping our old team name. Uh, what happened a couple of days later, Dolan came out and said, well, you know what? We're going to have to look into it. Right. Um, but at that point, why aren't you filing patents for possible nicknames? just to have them, uh, you know, uh, I mean, and let's face it, you can apply a patent for anything. Like yeah. if you guys, if we wanted to, we can go like, <laughs> all right, this, this town's getting a, a nickname, you know, they're a minor league baseball team. Here's possible names. We just go, we can go patent all those fucking things, dude. Yeah. Which is exactly what happened to Washington. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it, the Dolans, I think just, uh, you know, they have good intentions, but they they just kind of let it get past them. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird way of handling it. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's I think it's to move merchandise. Um, you know, it's just like when they when they banned Wahoo off the off the uh, uniforms, they were still selling Wahoo merchandise. Yeah, uh, and they were they will continue to do so. That was that was the other part of the PR release. They will continue to sell Wahoo merchandise. But any revenues generated will be given to organizations that benefit, uh, you know, the native population of the United States. Okay. That feels a little like dirty money. Uh, that feels a little bit like uh, we have to do something, so we're going to do it. You know, like, but you got to think that, you know, Dolan claims poor every year. Um, so he's not going to just let, he's not going to destroy merch. You know, he's not going to send it to uh, third world countries like they do with like, the Super Bowl losers, you know, Super Bowl winning <laughs> T-shirts. Right. Um, you know, but like, I, I mean, you got to remember back in like 05, 06, they had the script I. That was the alternate logo. Yeah. Nobody pitched about it then. I, I love that logo, actually. I, I did, too. I, I love I, the script I. I love the block C. Yeah, I like the block C. Um, and, you know, we talked about that in the group chat. Like, there are Cleveland fans that are like, well, you know what? I'm taking my money elsewhere. Bro. How are how can you say you're a fan of the team over a fucking team name and a logo? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. The team's not moving. Nope. It's still the same team. Yeah. Still the it's same still player. the same uh, you know, players. It's still the same stadium. It's still the same everything. Except that it's no longer gonna say Indians. Yeah. And that's okay, man. Like I'm not abandoning this team. I mean, th th honestly, this this name should have been changed years ago. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and yeah, it took him a while, but you know what? Let's let's give him some credit where credit's due. It's about, you know, it's about fucking time. At least you're better due. late than never. Uh, yeah. We're not going to be the last one in uh, Major League Baseball. You still got Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, 
Absolutely. You know, but like I got, you know, issues with the Chiefs in Kansas City. You still got, you know, the Blackhawks. You still got a lot of these issues. And let's not forget. I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a minute because this is my favorite argument is, yes, the team was named in honor of a former player. Uh, Back when Indian was the common nomenclature for a Native American person, or a person. And, and let, let's face it, that that that's that's the PR right response. That, but that's it not is exactly not okay that, to call them Indian anymore because they're not from India. Yeah, and let's face it too. Uh, Indians wasn't they they put it to a fan vote. Uh, you know when they were changing their name from the Naps, Indians didn't win. You know it didn't win the fan vote. Uh, ownership decided to go with it because it was a more fearsome mascot. Right. That, right. That's what it was, man. Uh, you know, so, I mean, and, and look at the, the original caricature. That was racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then they went with a couple iterations of Block C and then settled on the, uh, honestly, what I, uh, I will equally as racist Chief Wahoo. Yes. Um, you know, but, you know, with all that being said, let's look at some of the names that have been floated out there to replace uh, Indians. Do you have uh, a particular favorite? I'm, I'm a Spiders guy. Um, yeah. You know, it was the National League team in Cleveland, you know, for 10 years. And, you know, it had six future Hall of Famers on it. And it's, it's a it's, you know, Cleveland team was already called that. You know, I've seen including, the- if I remember correctly, wasn't. Louis Sokalexis, a Cleveland Spider? Uh, Cy Young was a Cleveland Spider. Um, but but the one that the Indians are supposedly named in honor of, Louis no, Sokalexis. Yeah, he played for the Naps. Was it, were they the Naps when he played? Yeah. I thought was, I thought they were the Spiders no. at the time. No, remember, the Spiders were the National League team. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Rockers. I saw the Cleveland, Rock, Cleveland Rocks as well. Yeah, um, so the problem with the Rockers is that was the failed WNBA team. Yes, but the... Uh, uh, the it was also a uh, tag team group um, yeah. in wrestling. In yes, the, the Rockers. Rockers. The yeah. Yes, it was. But, yeah, uh, but we've, all, we've already had Cleveland Rockers, and that lasted... How long did that team last? Ten years? I, th- I, th- I, didn't even, I don't even think that long, man. Um, but, uh, you know, I've seen going back to the Naps, which I'm not even really interested in having them named after Nap uh, The Guardians, which I could be okay with, um, you know, that that's featured predominantly where the old LeBron uh, panorama was on the side of the Sherman Williams building. Okay. Um, I could get, I can get down with the Cleveland Buckeyes. That's an homage to the Negro League team. And then... Yeah, but I, with Ohio State. Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with it again. But the one I don't want to see is the Cleveland Clevelanders, which has been floated as well. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that one. Yeah, I, I don't. I, yes. I like the option that we were talking about before we no, recorded. we are not going to go with the internet favorite of the Cleveland Steamers. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I didn't even know that was an option. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's that not. clearly it's has what my... everybody on the internet proposes. But no, no. We, we like don't. That. We, we were calling it the Cleveland Baseball Club. And that's that's also an option, believe it or not. A lot. Of, let's just put it this way: with the MLS gaining a shit ton of popularity, 
what are a lot of those teams called? Like Miami FC, New York yeah. FC. Like yeah. that's kind of the in vogue thing to do right now. Um, and honestly, I'd be okay with the Cleveland Baseball Club. I'm all right with that. Because honestly, that's what a lot of those teams were called before they uh, took nicknames on. You know, the yeah. New York Baseball Club. Uh, you know, so, but I mean, if, if we got to go with anything, I hope it's the spiders. Uh, I think that would, there's a lot you could do with a spider logo and a color scheme. Yeah. You know, so. I've, I've seen some really cool mock-ups of like the web in the block C. Um, some oh, some really see, cool I feel stuff. Like, yeah, but see, but then I feel like it's going to look like Spider-Man got a hold of it. Okay, maybe there's some sponsorship opportunities yeah, because and, apparently and, Cleveland needs the money. Yeah, imagine the marketing <laughs> there, Heather. Just okay, call, listen, I'm just call, saying. I'm call just Marvel saying. and Disney up and be like, yo, do you want to throw believe some you mean Disney? You mean Disney? I said Marvel and Disney. Oh, okay. I, oh, I mean, you should just change it to Disney. So <laughs> can, can, can we just get Tom Holland to throw out the first pitch on opening day? Oh, God. What would, no. I think you would Idea. actually shit yourself, Tim, if that that were to happen. Tim would just have a nerdgasm. He Probably. would, a complete nerdgasm. All my favorite things coming together in one. Uh, also... <laughs> In Major League Baseball this week, or today, rather, uh, the league announced entirely too late that it was elevating the Negro Leagues to Major League status. The announcement was made as part of the centennial celebration of the founding of the Negro Leagues in 1920. The move officially means that about 3,400 players across seven distinct leagues will have their stats and records counted as part of the sport's official history. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, you know, you had it's about players. goddamn time. Yeah. That's that's what you mean to say. Yeah, you had players that worked their asses off in the Negro League because they were not allowed to play in Major League Baseball, and you have to also remember that they barnstormed the Negro League and the Major Leagues and played each other in the off season to make extra money, and the Negro League would fucking whoop ass. Um, <laughs> you know. You had players like Satchel Paige who, one, they don't know exactly how old he was, but it's been calculated he threw his last pitch for Cleveland when he was 54 years old. Damn! That's how long he played pro baseball. Then you have players like Josh Gibson who right now, uh, through exhibition games, semi-pro games, Negro League, uh, hit over 800 home runs. 800. Uh, he officially has a Negro League record with 384. Um, you know, the, 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 the African-American players that broke the color barrier in 47 all got their start, uh, you know, playing in the Negro League. You know, and there was absolutely zero reason it should have taken them this long to say that, you know what, this was a major league. Yeah. You know, um, you know like how... How do you sleep at night knowing that you have some of these players, their Negro League jerseys, their gloves, their, you know, their bats, whatever the case is. You have their paraphernalia uh, in, in, in the Baseball Hall of Fame, but their statistics didn't count? Right, like, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, how performative is that? Like, that, that, is some, that is some Major League Baseball shit right there. You know, like, oh, yeah, we, we integrated in 47 – but we left it up to the teams. And when did the Red Sox finally integrate, which was the last team to do so? It was like the late 50s. 
That makes sense. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is... It shouldn't have taken this long. The Negro League gave some of the best players to ever put on a fucking mitt and pick up a bat a chance to play baseball when, you know, America was busy being so racist that they couldn't have black people on a baseball field. You know, it, it just... Uh, you know, Manfred, uh, you know, at least you did this right. Um, you know, it just shouldn't have taken so fucking long. Um, you know, and you got to think, you, you know, the, the, these Negro Leagues, uh, you know, there were seven of them that are going to be officially, you know, counted towards being, uh, you know, major leagues. You got the Negro National League, which was from 1920 to 31, the Eastern Colored League from 23 to 28. The American Negro League in 29, the East West League 1932, the Negro Southern League 1932, the Second Negro National League 33 to 48, and the Negro American League 37 to 48. And you, you just listen to some of these names. Uh, you know, you have Willie Mays, Roy Campanella, Satchel Paige, Monty Irvin, Josh Gibson, James Thomas, Cool Papa Bell, Larry Doby. Um, you know, like, those are who's who's of people that came out of the Negro Leagues into mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. I mean, Larry Doby integrated the American League where Jackie Robinson integrated the National League. Yep. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's fucking nuts. I mean, it, it's just absolute fucking nuts. Um, and, and I didn't mean to leave him out, but Jackie Robinson got his start in the Negro League before Branch Rickey signed him. Wow. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's just... It, you know these these players and their, I mean, and what they did on the uh, you know on the diamond, it should have been uh, counted amongst the you know the greats of professional baseball in the United States. Uh, you know, like we said a hundred years ago, but you know America had to do its typical racist shit. So, but I, I'm done. Uh, yeah. I said my piece. I am very glad to hear this news. It's long overdue. I could understand if, like, they wanted to do it three years ago, but they went like, well, this is 97 years. Let's just do it for 100. Uh, but it should have been done well before this. Oh, uh, yeah. It shouldn't have been because it was 100. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm just saying, like, the last three years, you could argue, like, yeah, well, let's, let's just do it as part of the 100. But before then, you have no excuse. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in 47, when Jackie Robinson made it, that's when they should have done it. But like I said, but that was know, never going to happen. Yeah. Major League Baseball was still doing some racist shit. Yeah. Uh, let's turn to college football, where the Supreme Court announced today that they would hear the case regarding student athlete compensation in 2021. And I know Max got lo- strong feelings on this one. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. It's going to essentially challenge whether the NCAA is a trust or not, okay? Because the NCAA, you know, considers that, you know, all athletes are amateurs and they're not supposed to be paid, right? Um, they are they're students that, that play sports on the side, right? But uh, players argue that the top athletic teams are operating – a system that acts as a classic restraint of trade in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. Now, keep in mind, uh, I'm going to say it, uh, more conservative libertarians have chipped away and almost crippled the Sherman Antitrust Act 
uh, in the last probably 30 years. But it, it's still legal statute on the books. It is still a law. You cannot be a trust. Okay, you cannot have all of the market share or such a great portion of it that there's no direct competition. Okay, Gary Roberts, who is like a top sports law expert, said the only question that is really going to be posed and it will be decided is are these students or are these these men and women employees or students? If the Supreme Court comes out and says, listen, they generate X amount of revenue for these top schools every single year, they have to be considered employees, right? Okay. Or they come out and say, well, they're just students who do athletics in addition to, uh, you know, athletics being the secondary purpose of them attending the university. They're there to study. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a big thing because college football – and college basketball are billion-dollar businesses that yes, generate absolutely. a ton of money yeah. for schools. You know, and now I understand that these top schools, football and basketball, men's you know football and men's basketball generate a ton of revenue that essentially funds the rest of the athletic program. I get that, but I think with COVID, we have seen. That mm -hmm. these athletic directors do not know how to balance a checkbook. Because they've always relied on that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's there, was, why, there was never a contingency plan. Well, and you that's why you have schools like Stanford that generate billions of dollars in endowments, cutting, I think, nine sports. And they blamed yeah. it on COVID. You know, like, well, where's the rest of that money at, dude? Like, does your football team need five different sets of jersey, you know, uniforms for your football team? No. You know? Um, so, I mean, it's it's going to be... I, I think this is going to be a nasty one. They're saying it's going to be decided by June of 2021. That'll be interesting, just in time for football season. Yeah, and can you imagine what happens if the Supreme Court sides with players? Right. Oh, man. Yeah. The Paint NCAA, us a picture. Okay, so you... If when the Supreme Court, if they side with these students and they say, no, these students are now technically employees and you have to compensate them for what they do on the field. The NCAA is going to have to jump out of its ass to figure out how do we compensate the players, right? And this isn't just going to be for football and men's basketball. This is going to be every student athlete. Right. Okay. Now, smaller schools are going to have issues with this. All right. And th that's just how it is. Like, you know, Mount Union, Division three football powerhouse, uh, non-scholarship program. Right. They're not generating an, uh, enough revenue to pay student athletes. They're just not. OK. So how do you how do you divvy that up? Is Division three is Division two exempt from that? Um, is it just going to be like your FBS schools? Is it just going to be power five? Like, how is how is this going to be? enacted um and and i think the kicker here is I, you know i'm a nerd and i actually read like supreme court decisions and <laughs> the, the supreme court under john roberts is very like this is our decision here's why we made it and then they're really quiet about it okay there's like no there's no they're not outlining how they it should be enacted or or whatever yeah they're they're just they're just ruling and going figure it out yeah 
So can you imagine the NCAA getting this decision in June? We'll say late June even because, you know, they're going to go argue this. The NCAA mm-hmm. is going to go argue this, mm-hmm. right? And the NCAA, uh, through their PR and their attorneys, are like, we, have, we are not worried. Uh, they're going to realize we are not a trust and that these are students um, and that what we provide right now in our, our in our, our rough plan to allow these players to co- you know be compensated by uh, you know what we talked about like they they'll, they'll get some residuals from appearances and uh, you know maybe some merchandise sales right um, yeah and and to clarify this is completely different from the uh, name image and likeness fight. yes yes. That, that name, image, and likeness fight kind of ties into it because it is, it's being lumped in with uh, player compensation. Okay. Okay. But this, this case is going to tie, be tied directly to the universities providing compensation for their athletes. Not just like, hey, you're pretty popular, and if you want to go like autograph some jerseys, we're not going to say anything. Okay? Like, this is, bro, we have to pay you now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, this, this is going to be... Do you have be, any predictions on how this is going to play? I, I don't know. Uh, the way the Supreme Court is, they are technically, uh, especially now with, with the makeup of the court, uh, they're very pro-business. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they are, they're more likely to side with, like, the corporation over the worker. Um, but this is a, this is a, 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 you know, a high-vis case. Um everybody's interested in this you know um and and let's face it the you know with the ed o'bannon ruling there's already some precedent there you know um that the these these students or these student athletes i hate using that term but that's technically what they are right these student athletes should be compensated uh Mm -hmm. because the ncaa is making money off them you know there's already a precedent there so you know, maybe these Supreme Court justices kind of put aside their, you know, kind of pro-business lean um, and, and look at the, the legal precedent that's already available, right, that a lower court enacted. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I would like, I would like to see, uh, you know, these student-athletes have the ability to be compensated by the university, um, you know, and uh, but honestly, I'm not holding my breath on it. Uh, I, like I said, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see the NCAA and the Power Five just like, look, uh, we, we didn't plan on this. We were supposed to win. We're not a trust. Uh, Why does the we... NCAA and Power Five sound like Ed Orgeron? Uh, well, because that's that's who I picture actually running it. Our football coaches like Orgeron rather than <laughs> the spineless jellyfish that is Mark Emmer. So no predictions on how this is going to go. I don't think you really can. Um, I'm going to actually listen to the oral arguments in June uh, because I'm very interested. Uh, I'm going to probably have my buddies on speed dial who are in law school so they can kind of give me the rundown all the, on all the Latin and legal terms that they use. The um, legalese. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't think anybody can predict how this is going to go. Um, okay. Yeah, you know. I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be one of those things. It could really go either way. Yeah, I mean, because it, like, it really could. The Supreme Court typically sides with business; they really do. But again, with this being such a high vis uh, case, and with precedent kind of on the side of the players already, with the uh, 
Ed O'Bannon case, you know, it's going to be hard for them to go against that. I, I really think, like, if it, you've already, like I said, you've already got the legal precedent, like, how are you going to go against it? Uh, but, you know, who knows, man? It, it's the United States Supreme Court. Um, and uh, one of my favorite podcasts is called Five to Four. And the tagline is, this is the podcast that tells you why the Supreme Court sucks. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it does suck. It's a horrible institution. Um, but, you know, hey, it'll give me something to do this summer. And hopefully I can write about it. So absolutely. Well, let's let's turn a little closer to home with hometown crowds own coastal Carolina Chanticleers, who improved to 11 and 0 with a win over Troy on a late touchdown. Our boys now head to the Fun Belt Conference Championship to take on Louisiana Lafayette's Raging Cajuns. I hope they slit their motherfucking throats. Oh, man. got a few opinions. Yeah. Well, see, that's when you're, it's what happens when you're a Warhawk fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, I'll I'll say this, Heather. You're you're a partial Warhawk alumna. I Uh, am. You know, actually, so. although we were actually still the Indians when well, I was, Heather, when I was there. But we don't use that term anymore. I'm aware. That earlier. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But, it, but it, there's but, there's a whole thing to that. And we're not going to get into it. But yeah, yes. Like how okay. bad? Yes, I am a Warhawk. Yes. How bad do the how, how bad does the Cleveland Baseball Club have to feel that ULM beat them to the punch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I but mean, it, it was it was a good game. Uh and McCall, that quarterback for Coastal, holy shit, man. Where do they find him? Yeah. Uh, he's a freshman who just looks cool as a cucumber under pressure. Um, you know, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, man, because he's going to be a four-year guy, I think. Yeah. You know, because he's not a big dude. Right. Uh, it, you know, and let's face it, the guy is royalty in Conway. Like, why would you leave? Um, Absolutely. But, yeah. You know, but they're heading to the Thumbbelt Conference Championship. And, dude, uh, how how cool is it? Like, the Coastal, you know, they 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 had a, a pretty good run in FCS before they took the, the move up. You know, they, they made the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they struggled when they moved up, you know? Most schools do. Yeah, but, like, this this was a team that, like, wasn't even doing well in the fun belt, you know? Um, and you got to think. The Fun Belt was the recipient of App moving up, you know, and App didn't miss a beat when they moved up. You know, I think they won eight games that first year when they moved up, and then they won like 10 or 11 for the next two or three seasons. Um, You know, and it's because in Boone, they play football. And I appreciate App State for that, because at least in one school in this fucking state, they play football. Um, You know, but like Coastal just... Uh, you know, they hire that, you know, the new head coach and then they just they're like, yeah, we got a bunch of smaller guys. All right, cool. We're going to scheme. Well, we're going to draw up great game plans and then look at what they do. Uh, Coastal honestly might be the most fun I've had watching college football all season. Yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm definitely going to try to watch needed. that uh, fun belt championship this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm, with you. I'm with you, Heather. This was the team we needed. This is the team we needed after this year. Yeah. So. I mean, we should just do a live stream watch of that game this weekend <laughs> and just invite people to I, just jump in with us and drink and watch the game. Yeah, I, I just let's, I will be absent, but yes, uh, the guys, James could be available for that. But I mean, potentially. 
you look at the the link you sent us, Tim. Which which Chanticleer has the best bullet? Yes. Like, I Listen, mean, I I made my vote. Mine was uh, Trevor that poll Col- is live in the hometown crowd podcast uh, podcast group, facebook.com slash group slash hometown crowd. Trevor Cole I mean, is the right answer because yes. he has racing stripes. Yes. All right. Like that's the it, right answer. When you're local media, especially in a place like Conway, right? Um, and it's not, I'm not trying to bash Conway, but it's, it's, it's not Myrtle beach. It's like, uh, it's outside of Myrtle beach. It's a smaller town. Um, and honestly, w- w- would Conway be there if it wasn't for the university? Like, honestly, probably not. Yeah. Right. I mean, but, same thing about Monroe, same thing. Yeah. But With you ULM. know, ULM has been there a lot longer than Coastal. Well, yes, true. It's because of the swamp around Monroe. They realized they needed to make a university there for the smart kids. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, it's for the water skiing. Okay, so. But I mean, uh, like Coastal was the team we needed. Like this was a team nobody, you know. I mean, granted, they got nobody's sh- all coming. Nobody's all. Yeah, no, not even. No, this people. is a baseball team. Yeah, this is a baseball school. I mean, it really, right. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and now it, they're number nine in the AP and number eleven in the. Uh, College football playoff. Those Rankings are horseshit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Thousand. Well, let's let's move on to something that's going to make Heather even happier. Oh my God! I'm so happy you're bringing this up. Florida's championship hopes were all but dashed this weekend when they dropped a thrilling game to LSU. It was so great. Florida had a shot to win until a boneheaded move by defensive back Marco Wilson on a third and 12 late in the game. Florida got the stop and in celebration, Wilson took the defender's shoe and threw it 20 yards. Um, The move gave LSU a first down and would turn into a monstrous 57 yard game winning field goal. 57 yards. Yes. Through pea soup. Oh my God, dude. It was so Foggy that game. That that kicker took the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins approach to that kick and went, eh, it's down there somewhere. It's somewhere. (laughs) It's there. Yeah. Like he saw he saw the two lines and he was like, all right, just between the two lines. That's all it's gotta be. I don't even think he saw the two lines. I think Oh yeah, because it was so I think he just knew his position on the field and went Yep. This way, they and couldn't I, even they couldn't even use the overhead cams. Yeah, because well, dude, it was so bad. Heather, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I watched Army Navy first, right? Uh huh. And I know we're gonna talk about that in a minute, but like you know, the fog there was awful. And then I watched. I flipped over at halftime to LSU Florida because I was like, Florida's gonna put it on LSU. Mm. And then I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck's going on? Because, you know, I was getting the updates on my phone. And then I put the game on. And, Tim, thank you for the hookup on YouTube TV. No um, problem. But. Uh, oh, it was it was loud. The it game, was loud in this house. The game pops up, Heather. And I'm just like, oh, my God, the fog is worse down there than it was in fucking. I know. West Point. I was like, how? How? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it that was- swamp. It was, listen, it was, it was, was, uh. no, listen, it was LSU doing LSU things in Florida, which is weird. That's, that's a weird, like parallel universe, but yeah, that's what happened. 
and then are we are we even going to bring up the um the interception that got uh, oh yeah the incredible just how i i'm still surprised that they didn't call that out of bounds because i swear every angle i saw was out of bounds I am I am aware, and they took a long time to review it too. Like you know what? You know, honestly, I watched it too, and I think um, the refs were just like, "Guys, did you see shit, dude? I can't see anything. I can't this, see this anything. No, no, the All fog right. was not that bad at that point. Oh bullshit! These are old men, Heather. You know they can barely see past their nose. Okay, uh, so so for the listeners who did not watch the game, okay, this is basically what happened. So. What? happened was so what had happened was is that trask uh was he, it it wound up being his second interception of the game hold on heather before you go on with that hmm. what she means is trask who torpedoed his heisman hopes yep no, he was, no, a, he was no, a pretty clear favorite that he's not some people are saying that he didn't no he torpedoed his shit in that okay game. well whatever so the pass was intended for Kadarius Tony. I, I, I don't know if that's how you're supposed to say it, but that's how I'm saying it. Um, but as he was falling out of bounds, he tipped the ball, which then hit our cornerbacks, uh, McLaughlin in the face mask, which bounced it into the air and was caught inbounds by Jay Ward. Who was laying on the ground at the time, half out of bounds, and sat straight up. Yeah, yeah. With his knees, like, bordering the sideline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had initially dove for the ball before Tony tipped it and was on his stomach on the turf when the ball popped off of McLaughlin. But he had the presence of mind to get back on his knees and catch the ball. It is bananas. If yeah. you have not YouTubed that, go YouTube it. Yeah, You'll find it on in Twitter. Our group. It, it, or yeah. It's posted in the group. It It is the most insane play I have ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that sh- it was nuts. I mean, in this face, this, this year, we, you know, I think we can all agree. Um, we, you know, death taxes and Bama being good, right? Like, that's just how it is right now. Um, but the SEC was this weird kind of monster in, in this COVID season. Um, you know, we all expected to drop off after the national championship year from LSU. But I, with the talent on that team, I didn't see that the, the drop off that happened. Um, I didn't see Florida learning how to play offense. Um, I, I didn't see Trask. Like, I knew he was a good quarterback. I didn't expect him to put up the numbers he did. You know, yeah. like the, the SEC was just really topsy turvy. Um, now, and I on it, and I did not see LSU winning that game. Honestly, uh, no, we did no. because they were all laughing about it beforehand. Yeah, but you know, let's face it, the the pea soup, Jesse Palmer, and what's his face, they were oh, laughing they, about it. You know, don't don't even get me started on. I fucking hate that Jesse Palmer's. Listen, I get it, but it was just really nice to see them eating crow at the end oh, of yeah. it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah. So the real MVP though of that game. Was the just the shoe, the shoe. Yeah. Cade York's um, shoe, Mister Thirty-One-year-old Cade York. Yep. 
Real mm-hmm. quick, let's head up to New York, where the Army-Navy game returned to West Point for the first time in more than 75 years. The Black Knights won a mostly offenseless battle over yep. the midshipmen and have won four of the last five. The two teams combined for a total of 279 yards in the 15 to nothing win. Yeah, well, you also have to think they dealt with their own fog-related issues. Um, now, you know, Army and Navy both run that triple option, okay? Uh, but Navy has been... You know, they've had a, a really good program the last almost 20 years, honestly, between Paul Johnson and then him handing it off to Ken Nuamatololo. Um, but since Monken got to Army, uh, after taking over the debacles from, uh, you know, Barry and, and Bobby Ross, you know, he's built Army into a program, uh, you know, that, that's going to win eight to ten games a year. Um, now, me being the Army vet, I'm always happy to see Navy lose especially since, you know, before Monken got there, uh, Navy had won like 15 straight games or 14 or some nonsense. Yeah. Um, and uh, Matt Colthard, I know you're not listening, but if you do decide to listen, I'm sorry that at our squadron ball before deployment, which happened on Army-Navy, Army was up at halftime. I went to the ball. I got to the ball location. Army was losing, and I blamed Matt Colthard who happened to be a tight end for the Army team just a few years prior. He's no longer on the field. I still blamed him for it. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, dude. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was – I'm okay with that kind of win. Um, you know, it's did – you, Did you wear your Army stuff? No, I didn't. I won't, <gasps> I won't You said you were gonna. Yeah, but I didn't. I did not wear it. He was drunk. We've established that. No, I know, but I – you know what? No, I James actually and have, I were thinking that's what helped. We we yeah. thought that that you know that he you know that hell had frozen over and he'd put his army yeah. stuff back on. I, I actually put, had I had a PT shirt laid out and I'm like you know what I'm not debasing myself uh, for a win, um, but yeah I mean no it was just a, like I always enjoy watching it you know I I, w- I didn't go to West Point I had a lot of LTs in my 16 years that did play, um, but it is it is America's game. Um, and, and I hate that cheesy patriotic shit. Don't get me wrong. Um, but these two teams beat the shit out of each other on the field uh, and then still have the, the common decency to go sing each other's alma mater at the end. Uh, you're, yeah. you're not going to see that with other programs, you know. Uh, but, yeah, Ar- Army is going to take home, uh, you know, the Commander-in-Chief trophy again. Uh, that's always good because uh, fuck Air Force and fuck Navy. Especially, I'm sorry, I, I, I detest Air Force more than I detest Navy. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, one last fun stat from that game: uh, quarter, Army quarterback Tyher Tyler was one for one for 28 yards, which is an arm that that is literally an Army game. Um, you know that that's that's what they do, and and the thing is that's what I people don't realize. Todd Barry. The year before, two years before he got there, Army won 10 games. They dropped off the next season. They fired the head coach. Barry went to a pro-style offense with a bunch of guys who have to maintain Army height and weight standards while they're playing football. Right. And and, and installs a pro-style offense. Doesn't really work that well. Uh, Bobby Ross shows up, tries to keep that same thing going. Doesn't really work that well. 
the triple option is okay, man. You don't have to be that fast. Um, but it's such a niche offense uh, that a lot of teams don't know how to prep for it. Yeah. So, and on top of that, one drive from Army, okay, is going to kill like 10 minutes off the clock <laughs> because all they do is run. Yeah. Uh, you know, it works for them. It works for Navy. Uh, like Air Force, you know, I don't think they have height and weight standards, so they can just go recruit athletes, um, you know, and they can run shit like that. But, you know, I mean, it's still, it, you know, the, the, the Commander-in-Chief trophy is really cool. Um, you know, and uh, I, I, you guys know I'm not a big fucking Army cheerleader, but, like, dude, I, I always hope Army does well. I Honestly, I always hope Navy and Air Force do well. Uh, I, 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 I love it when the service academies are relevant in their uh, conferences. And I think it's time for Army, honestly, to, to join a conference. Like, do you know how much easier it would be to recruit if you had some, like, conference championship fucking, uh, you know, hardware? Yeah. You know, because they haven't been in a conference since Conference USA, and I think that was, like, 10 or 15 years ago. Right. Uh, so uh, maybe, maybe not quite that long. But, you know, it's been a while. Uh, well, the last note I have from college football before we move to the NFL is that UNC scored a massive win over Miami, beating the Hurricanes 62 to 26. I yeah. was wrong on that one. Was Did oh. not see that one. I was very wrong. I'll say oh. it. I was very oh, wrong. Heather, Heather, you weren't just wrong. I was very wrong. I said very wrong. That's no, all you're going to get. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about about all the assholes that were like, Miami's going to fucking boat race Carolina. They don't know how to play fucking defense. Oh, no, I didn't even go that far. I just, I literally just picked him because I liked him better. So, well, dude, I liked Derek King too. We talked about this, but mm-hmm. holy shit, Sam Howell, the quarterback for Carolina and those two running backs. Holy shit. Uh, whatever Mac Brown's doing, he needs to continue to do it. And on top of that, though, he does need to recruit some defensive players um, because if he can keep that stream of talent coming in there, Tim, like they could actually make do some damage in the ACC. Yeah. You know, you only have to get past Clemson. Yeah. And, and let's face it. Clemson shows that could be got. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, unless he pulls a Peyton Manning and stays for his senior year, uh, you know, he's gone. Um do you think he will? I don't think he will. Uh, I, uh, dude, Heather, I'm not putting it past him because I'm telling you right now, if I knew I was going to get drafted and go play for the Jets. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're right. Fair enough. I, I would stick around. Uh, and again, I say he might do that and land with the Jets anyway. I, I do. Uh, yeah, maybe. But maybe. Still, Who knows? I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of bad teams next year in the NFL. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But well, yeah. Let's- Let's I jump just, over to the NFL here. Oh, all right. Uh, I was talk about Sam Howell some more, but okay. <laughs> I mean, go for it. I just, I, I really think that this is a dude uh, who may have been undersold, like coming out of high school, but man, he played a hell of a game, didn't he? Um, you know, and then you look at the running game, and I give uh, Mac Brown a lot of credit. This was a guy that kind of had some spread stuff his last few years at Texas, but it didn't work, right? Um, but he went back to what he does well, uh, heavy dose of the run game, uh, and he does it out of the spread. And, uh, you know, that it, it works for Carolina. Like they've got a good thing going there. And I've, I've honestly, 
you know, I talked a lot of shit about Carolina football. I really did. Uh, but, you know, Mac Brown last year in the first year back, I think he won, what, eight games? With, with that Something team, like that. that they, only, they were competitive last year. Yeah, like they won eight games, and I think they, they lost like two or three by a small margin. You know, and this he was working with the same players that only won like three a year before. You know, right. so like uh, maybe even less. Um, my, you know, my brother Justin will let me he'll let me know about it because he listens to our podcast all the time. He's be like, uh, but actually, Mike, uh, you know, they won. <laughs> oh, but he is he is he but huge guy? huge Tar Heel, huge Tar. Heel. But no, but I'm just saying, is is he an like is he a but actually guy? Uh, no, but he's okay. when it comes when it comes to Carolina though he is okay. Uh, got it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, All right. But, well, we got to move it along. So let's go over to the NFL here and talk about what is Heather, likely the game of the year. He is being really bossy tonight, and I appreciate well, you for it. Could his, could his, <laughs> bossy the game day. of the season may have taken place this Monday when the Browns squared off against the Ravens. The teams combined for an NFL record tying nine rushing touchdowns. The shootout was a nail biter until the end when Lamar Jackson, who returned earlier from cramps, to take the lead, answered a Cleveland go-ahead touchdown by marching his team down the field to set up a game-winning Justin Tucker field goal from 55 yards out. So, Heather, Tim, um, can you tell the, the listeners what you said, what your uh, reaction to this game was? Oh, I was very much on the verge of those YouTube videos of the guy who th- pulls his t- punches through his TV, yanks it off the wall, whatever. Um uh, <laughs> Because that just, that just it makes one, me it brings me so much joy to see, to hear about you getting that angry. But go once ahead. Once again, <laughs> Cleveland secondary blew it. Nope, nope. I'm gonna tell you right now, it wasn't Cleveland secondary. It was the defense overall. I mean that that's very true. But on fourth and four, with less than two minutes left in the game, you have one goddamn job. Ben? And that is to not let Lamar <laughs> Jackson complete a 48-yard touchdown pass. Okay. All right. You're the Browns fan, so naturally I'm going to let you vent. Uh, but see, th- I get paid to write about the Browns. Um, did, you, did you see why Hollywood Brown got open? Why is that? Uh, do you know who initially was covering him? Uh, not off the top of my head. Olivier Vernon. Oh, yeah, that's a bad choice. And then he dropped back in pass coverage set a pick on the corner that was supposed to flex over. And that left Hollywood Brown wide open. Okay. The Browns defense, it wasn't the secondary. It was the entire defense that lost that game. The Browns defense allowed that game to get out of hand because one, uh, the linebackers forgot how to tackle. I don't know if you saw Gus Edwards, uh, you know, like 18 yard touchdown run. What did he do? Two yards into that run, blew right through Mac Wilson, right through Mac Wilson. Yep. Okay. Um, then you have guys like uh, um, Goodson, who did you know he leads the team in tackles, but where was his point of contact for most of his uh, hits on Dobbins or Edwards or Jackson? Eight to nine yards downfield. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, Cleveland had four sacks during that game. They did. Half of those were just Lamar Jackson slips. Yep. And on top of that, it was uh, Jackson rolling out of the pocket, not seeing anything, pulling the ball down and trying to run. Those were the sacks. They weren't pressure sacks. Okay. This is what pisses me off most about the, the Browns defense is that 
How many Browns fans talk shit about Baker Mayfield? Oh, they all do. I absolutely hate them for it. Okay. I do not think I, I have said this before. Baker Mayfield is not the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but he is doing exactly what he needs to do. The last two weeks, what has he done? Uh, fantastic. Thrown for 300 plus yards and two plus touchdowns, right? Yep. And he do ran you know, for one this year, this week. Yep. Do you know what I saw a lot of on Twitter, though? It's that, Baker Mayfield's fault. That interception nailed the Browns. No. Do you know what did more damage to the fucking Cleveland Browns win that night on Monday night? Cody Parkey and the fucking Browns defense. Yeah. Parkey left four points on off the board. Okay. And the Browns defense forgot how to tackle, especially after they scored that last touchdown to him. If they would have just mm-hmm. tackled, if they would have just tackled and put a Raven on the ground. Okay. Yeah. That would have burned time off the clock because how many timeouts did the Ravens had during that last drive? I think one. One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and that and I, I get it. Injuries, you know, to, to Denzel Ward and all the young, you know, Delpit and, and uh, Greedy Williams. I get it. But you know what? The fact of the matter is we are in what, week 13? Uh, I think 14. Heading, we're heading into 14. Oh, okay, week, yeah. Right? Yeah. Why haven't they figured out how to do the simple things yet? Right? I mean, that's no, a fair we're actually question. Heading into 15, actually. Okay. But Harrison, Rodney Harrison and Denzel Ward are the only two redeeming qualities in the entire Browns defensive backfield right now. Yeah. Okay. And now keep in mind, Sendejo is out for next next week. This coming Yeah, because he got uh he got concussed a on that two point convert was it two point conversion? Yeah, because the J.K. Dobbins play. Yeah, Dobbins blew him up. Um, now, I, I just I don't understand this. Like Joe Woods has to do something, and uh, I'm going to plug myself a little bit on BrownsNation.com today. I wrote about how the Browns need to just use simpler coverage schemes, okay, and ensure you don't have guys like Olivier Vernon dropping back in coverage at all. He's not playing outside linebacker for the Giants anymore. He's not playing in a 3-4. He's a down lineman. There is absolutely zero reason Olivier Vernon should be dropping back in coverage at this point. Yeah. In the last four weeks, Tim, do you know who's leading the NFL in sacks? Uh, Probably, uh, all of a sudden, his name. Yeah, who's that? His his name is Olivier Vernon. Was it Vernon? It is Vernon. Yeah. Yeah. All right, do not let him drop back in coverage. Let him rush the passer, okay? Yeah. It, it just, uh, Joe Woods, like, I give Stefanski a lot of credit. Like, he's completely changed this team, okay? Because, like, three years ago, this team would have given up at halftime and it would have been a blowout, yeah. okay? Um, but I, I, I'm not sold on Joe Woods being the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, I don't like his, his uh, halftime adjustments, and honestly, I don't like what he does on defense. If you know you've got a lot of young players and untested players, throw out those complex schemes. Get the fuck, get rid of them. Keep it very simple, and then go out and play football. You know. Yeah. And on top of that, run a lot of tackle drills so your fucking people, <coughs> Mac Wilson, <coughs> can fucking wrap up 
when you're supposed to rather than trying to one-arm tackle folks. I tell you what, there's a lot of rumor that Denver's Von Miller may end up in Cleveland opposite Miles Garrett. And because he's... He... Why, though? Uh, yeah. Dude, that, that's, a, that's a big ticket want, Tim. And for the salary cap, which is not going to increase next season, it might even fall. You, you don't have the money to spare, honestly, when you have so many holes to fill on what, yeah. you know, you, it, that, that would be that. I'm, honestly, that would be kind of cool. Like if you're a Browns fan, right? Oh, absolutely. Because could you but, imagine Miles Garrett and Von Miller opposite each other? But with that defense, his job is not going to be just rush the passer. He has he's going to have to drop back and pass coverage. Yeah, All right. but I mean, hopefully we will have Delpit and Greedy back next year. Denzel Ward should be healthy. And it's not even just that. And hopefully Andrew Barry and company uh, know we have a lot of picks coming up. We need to like literally expend half of them on the defensive side of the ball. And Heather, no offense, we don't need to just keep drafting LSU players. There's a lot of other good defensive <laughs> well, players. Well, you know what? That, that is not my problem. Yeah. I don't understand why you answer want to call me, me out on that. Answer me this, because I have not been able to find any information on it. So there are three big-name safeties that are free agents. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand why and teams who, aren't – hold on, hold on. I understand why names? teams are not touching Earl Thomas. I understand that. I understand older, locker room old, locker room issues. No, no, not even locker room issues. He's older injury history right there. Yeah. Bam. I understand why teams are not touching Eric Reed. Uh, I disagree with it, but it's basically because he's Kaepernick too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is the issue with Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Uh well, honestly, I cannot find anything. On. I cannot find locker room issues. I cannot find that he's particularly injury prone. I cannot find any reason for why we will not go after him. I'm going to tell you right now for Reed and Haha Clinton Dix, they're both in the box safeties. Uh, they're not the best in pass coverage. Um, and right now, that's what the Browns need. You know, um, I would love to see the Browns pick up an Eric Reed. Or or haha, honestly, because let's face it, they need the help. Absolutely, and, right. And even if you have to play him in the box for a little bit, um, it, you know, if Joe Woods is the defensive coordinator that I'd like to think he is, he knows how to flex and have, uh, you know, a nickel corner support. Okay, maybe you only play two linebackers at this point. And honestly, those two linebackers, if you're going to do that, uh, you play Sione uh, Takataki and you play uh, Goodson, and you keep Mac Wilson off the fucking field. Because I don't think Mac Wilson, uh, after all the hype of last season, I honestly, he hasn't shown me shit this year coming off injury. Um, but, uh, like, I, I mean, why, why not? You have, what, three weeks left in the season? Right. Uh, you've got a depleted secondary. Sign one of them. Right. Like, like, like I said, I understand why not Earl Thomas. I understand why not Eric Reed, but I cannot understand why Ha Ha Clinton Dix is not. You, you, can't, you can't even say Eric Reed anymore because he played, what, two, three years with the Panthers. Um, you know, and the only reason the Panthers cut him is because his price tag was too high because that's yeah. what rebuilding teams do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if, the, if the player's going to help, and let's face it, the Browns' safety suck. Andrew Sandejo has started. 
13 mm-hmm. fucking games for the Browns. And Sandejo looks like he's just out there collecting a paycheck. But yeah. this is not Browns chat. Uh, so, Tim, <laughs> what is the next? Uh, what's the next thing we're talking about? Well, just a Heather's quick. Out, Heather's, I've, Heather's I've, I've checked us, out. I checked Heather's out. Well, us game, mm-hmm, every just a quick update mm-hmm. that that game kept Baltimore's <laughs> playoff chances intact while Cleveland, who leads the wild card race, missed an opportunity to close the gap with division leader Pittsburgh. Yeah. Who, speaking of. The Steelers looked flat this week against the Bills. They've looked flat the last two weeks, my friend. Um, um, Buffalo held Roethlisberger and company to just 15 points while handing the Steelers their second consecutive loss. But, dude, Heather and I have been talking about the Bills since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I openly admitted when the season began, I, I'm eating my crow about Josh Allen, and gladly so because look at what he's done. Mm-hmm. They gave him a receiver to throw to in Stephon Diggs. And look what that offense turned into. That team can score. They've got a good defense. And uh, let's face it, this it's Buffalo. They're always going to have fan support. Buffalo loves their bills, no matter how bad they are. Uh, but, you know, Josh Allen has just done nothing but play fucking great football. Yep. And I, I'm telling you right now, if he's not – in the running for MVP at the end of the season, there's something really fucked up about the whole voting Um, because that guy is playing great football. Uh, He's, he's got the bills like playing great football. He had one bad game against the chiefs. What? Like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. When they they lost against the chiefs, but they've been playing great since then. Um, You know, and honestly, I mean, I, I saw, you know, we saw a lot of shit on Twitter, like uh, the Steelers are the worst 11 and 0 team, uh, you know, ever. No, it, it, you have to be good to hit 11 and 0. You have to. You do. Okay. Um, but, you know, there's, there's always going to be a team with a coaching staff that can scheme against you. All right. And let's face it, James Conner hasn't been playing the last couple of weeks, um, you know, and he's, he's actually one of the top running backs in the NFL, you know, like, if you lose a guy of that caliber, it's going to affect your offense. Okay. And Ben Roethlisberger has another good crop of wideouts around him, but still you have to be able to run the ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Snell and, and, and the other running backs on Pittsburgh's roster do not compare to James Conner. Uh, and, and let's face it, Buffalo came out ready to play last week. They came out yeah. ready to play. Um, and that's what Buffalo did. So I'm not surprised they won. I mean, yeah. let's face it. I'm a Pats fan, and I said Buffalo is winning the division this year. One last note before we get into the quick picks. Do you think Kansas City may have shown some vulnerabilities playing Miami? Uh, Kansas City has vulnerabilities on defense. They've had in the last few years. Um, the, the biggest issue is, is like you, you put all these expectations on the homes, and he's going to try and win games. And he, he had, what, had, what, three interceptions, two or three interceptions last week? Yeah. Um, and Miami's not a bad team. Brian Flores knows how to coach. I would know. I watched him coach the New England defense with nothing on it for years. Um, and, and, you know, we won Super Bowls with him as the unofficial defensive coordinator, right? Um, he knows what he's doing down there. Uh, you know, Brian Flores is, has to be in the running for coach of the year. I, I really think that. Like, Miami was not supposed to be worth the shit this season. And 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 he's got them in the you know 
uh, thick of the playoff run. So, um, like, Andy Reid needs to sit down with his defensive coordinator, um, which is honestly has always been, like, the Achilles heel of Andy Reid and his staffs is the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, that offense is fucking outstanding uh, with uh, Edwards Alaire and, and Le'Veon Bell starting to get involved in the offense. You still have Travis Kelsey, you know, uh, is, Watkins is still, he's playing good football and you got Tyreek Hill who just is playing out of his mind, right? Right. Like, Kansas City's an offensive juggernaut. But if you knock one of them off their game, it does throw things into flux. So the defense actually has to step up and, and get stops, which they barely did against Miami. You know, so, I mean, uh, you know, that weakness, that defensive weakness that's always been there was just kind of uh, amplified last week. And I'm telling you right now, if you're playing Kansas City, the rest and any team that's playing Kansas City the rest of the year needs to watch what Miami did defensively. Yeah. Uh, it may not have been perfect uh, because, let's face it, Miami is not what you would call the most talent-rich team in the NFL. Uh, but that's a good scheme. The way they played it, that was a good scheme. Yeah. Well, let's jump into our quick picks of the week. A quick update on the schedule or the standings. Mac had a big week last week, going seven and one, only missing on the Cleveland game. Uh, yeah. He improves to forty-eight and forty-three, and is finally back above five hundred. He's still in third place, though. Heather went four and four last week and is 51 and 40, three games ahead of Mac. And I went six and two and am at 54 and 37, three games ahead of Heather and six games ahead of Mac. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Stupid thing. But Don't don't count me out yet. All right. I still got three weeks. I'll be good. Yeah. So first up, we have the fun belt. Uh, conference championship, Louisiana Lafayette versus Coastal Carolina. Do I even need to ask who we're taking in this one? No nope. shot, shot to clears. That's a nice quick pick. CCU all the way across. All the way. Across. Uh, yeah, I hope they fucking murder them. I, all I right. Well, let's first off before we go on. I just think that this team is is going to pull this off. Um. And they're going to go play in a bowl game. But winning that conference championship and getting left out of the fucking playoff, I think that the conference championship horseshit. game. And that, oh, first off, it is horseshit, Heather. I agree with you. Um, but that conference championship game and that bowl game is going to be, be a big fuck you to the committee that picks playoff teams. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's go shotties. Let's do this, bitches. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. The ACC championship. Clemson is a 10 point favorite against Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence is in for this game. So it may not be the same game that we saw a couple of weeks ago when Notre Dame won. Mac, let's start with you. I mean, Notre Dame's played good football and they did beat Clemson. Um, but Trevor Lawrence brings something else to the table. Uh, me being the Ohio state fan, I fucking saw it last year. Um, Lawrence is a never say die type of dude. And he's got the kind of talent base uh, to where he can single handedly win a game. Uh, So I'm going to take Clemson. Um, I will take Clemson. It's not just that I like Trevor Lawrence, but I hate that because of COVID Notre Dame, who has one foot in and one foot out of the ACC is eligible to win a fucking trophy. And I don't want him to have it. So let's go Clemson Tigers. 
All right, Heather. Um, I also went with Clemson uh, for very much the same reason that Mac did. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to go in and beat that ass because uh, he's kind of, I feel like he's probably been uh, chomping at the bit to do it. And, um, and yeah, I, I definitely don't think it'll be the same Clemson team that Notre Dame played the first time. And uh, I also just really don't like Notre Dame. I hate Notre Dame. I, I think they're overrated and they just don't impress me. And I think they need to figure what the fuck they, they're going to do because I don't think, kind of like Max said, I don't necessarily think it's fair that they have one foot in and one foot out and can still be in the conversation. But then you have like an undefeated team like CCU. But, or Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati, exactly. And they don't even get a consideration. Yeah. And so, like, I, I think that's fucked up. So, um, yeah, Clemson all day. All day. Um, I really, really wanted to take Notre Dame in this game. Um, but at the end of the day, I just don't trust the fighting Irish in big games. No. Um, I think I even chose, Cle- I might have chosen Clemson without Trevor Lawrence when they played earlier in the season, I think Clemson with Trevor Lawrence is going to just control this game from start to finish. Mm -hmm. So I've got Clemson on that one. Yep. Moving over to the big 12 championship. Oklahoma is a four point favorite against Iowa state. So Heather, let's start with you. Um, I kind of went back and forth on this one because, as we have said in the past, that Iowa State can sometimes pull really big wins out of their ass. And you don't really think that they're coming to do that. Um, and they do that. However, I just, my gut feeling just said to go with Oklahoma. I think that um, they're probably still kind of smarting from. Uh, from the beatdown that they got from us last year. And I think that they want to use this as kind of their, their platform to be like, you know, like, no, we still belong in the conversation and we can still do big games and not choke. So I went with Oklahoma on this one. All right, Mac, who do you like in the big 12 championship? Iowa state. Um, I haven't been that impressed with Oklahoma this season. Um, and I really like what Matt Campbell does at Iowa State. Uh, he gets more from less when you look at, you know, Big 12 teams like Texas or Oklahoma. Um, and, and granted, I'm probably shooting myself in the foot with this pick. I realize that. But I think this is the year, because it is 2020, uh, you know, this is the year we get a dark, ho- uh, dark horse from the Big 12. Um, you know... Let's face it, no Big 12 team this season deserves to be in the, the playoff talk. Um, you know, so why not Iowa State? Um, you know, so give me Matt Campbell. Uh, give me the Cyclones. And uh, fuck the Sooners. All right. Well, if you're shooting yourself in the foot, Mac, so am I. Because I've, uh, I've got Iowa State in this one, too. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I think it would be fun to throw a wrench into the whole playoff thing. Uh, Clemson wins against Notre Dame. You've got two teams there who 
are both one loss teams with a loss to each other. You've got Iowa state as a champ two loss champion right on the outside. You've got Ohio state who played a fewer number of games, hopefully undefeated. Um, I think it would make the whole college football playoff conversation really interesting. And then you have Cincinnati who, while they're at number nine are undefeated and deserve to be in that conversation too. And let's face it. If we can make anything uncomfortable for the committee, uh, I would gladly do so because fuck them. Yep. Uh, um, and, and how you, you adjudicate your rankings. Um, because let's face it, if you have a committee to pick up, you know, to pick the teams that play in your playoff again, it's not a real fucking playoff people. Right. And any playoff that leaves out an undefeated Cincy and uh, an absolutely undefeated coastal, you can go fuck yourself. That's just yeah. how I feel about it. Uh, the SEC championship lost a lot of its luster with that Florida loss last week, but it's still going to pit Bama, who is a 17-point favorite versus Florida. Mac, we'll start with you. Well, considering that, you know, everybody calls me Mac because of my last name, uh, Mac Jones, that's my homeboy, all right? I didn't expect big things from him, Okay. He came in in relief of uh, Tua last season, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, meh. Uh, you know, I actually thought that Tua's little brother was going to beat him out, right? Tua's little brother transfers to Maryland, has a pretty good season on his own. Um, but, like, I'm like, Mac Jones leading, uh, you know, uh, the Crimson Tides offense, please. Bro, I was fucking wrong as hell because that dude can make every throw. He makes great reads. Um and on top of that, look at what Bama's done on the ground. Like, Bama is now officially running back you. Uh, they just put out amazing running backs every single year. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, you go back to Trent Richardson. What, uh, oh, God, the dumpster fire? We're going <laughs> to okay, bring so him back me. up? Yeah, really? Trent, Trent sucked, okay? TJ Yeldon's had a better career than Trent Richardson. I'm sorry, you uh, guys are still, it's, it, he's dumpster fire. Like, that's his name. I don't, you, you guys are totally saying his name wrong, but it's fine. Go hey, ahead. Tim, Tim, I'm going to clip that finger off with a fucking cigar cutter if you wave it at me again, okay? <laughs> All, All right. right, so Max got Bama. Heather, who I, do you got? Oh, my God. Yes, I do have Bama, Tim. Don't put words in my mouth, though. <laughs> Heather. Um, I also have Bama. Um, I think that... Um, Mullen has been incredibly naive this season in thinking that Florida really had a chance to be in the playoffs and he has had that mindset, which I mean, I get being, you know, loyal to your team or whatever, because your coach and, and all of that, but like, he has to know that his margin for error is razor thin. Yeah. And so if he doesn't realize that, then he is stupidly naive. And what, what is really bad is that that attitude permeated through the football program. And it's just, it's been his arrogance and everything like that. And I just, well, Heather, I want to see him fall flat on his fucking face. I mean, let's face it. He's, he's literally trying to live off a of Trask. And, and exactly. up, in, up until last week, Trask performed. Um, yeah. 
But can you imagine Trask going up against that Bama defense? And I'm not, no. I, I, no. and I'm not trying they, to be an they asshole. LSU, their average age is like 14 years old. It, it's a very freshman heavy team, right? Um, but Bama, what they do is they recruit heavy. Uh, they get dudes that wait two years that were five-star recruits, and then they come in for one, play great football, and then they get drafted. So, yeah. 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 I, I didn't mean to step on your toes, Heather. But I, no, I'm it's fine. No, it's fine. It's just, because yeah. This he, not even a, it shouldn't even be a conversation. We all yeah. know what's going to fucking happen. Yeah. yeah. He, he rode Trask all season. And like you said, Trask hasn't played that a defense like Bama's yet. Mm-mm. So because of my familial ties, I really wanted to take Florida in this game. If 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 last week hadn't happened, I probably would be picking Florida in this game and wanting to throw even more chaos into the college football playoff. But it would just be dumb of me to pick anybody but Bama. Yeah. 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 So plus, you know, plus, you know that Marco Wilson has been carrying around a shoe all week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's probably been taped to his hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's no. probably not had it. Hey, Heather, Heather, I guarantee you that that motherfucker went to school, uh, you know, like finished, went to finals, right? And everybody that was in his classes had like weighted flags that they threw at him oh, for my God. doing what he did. The, yeah. the gifts on on Twitter about people like fighting and being like when Wilson reenters the locker room, it's just it's gold. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, let's go over to the NFL where I'm really curious to see how Heather's going to pick this one. On the one hand, she always goes Kansas City. I do, especially because I have my homes. On, on my fantasy. the other hand, she's a New Orleans girl. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City's a three-point favorite. Heather, we're going to start with you on this one. New Orleans I, woman. New Orleans woman. <laughs> New, New Orleans woman. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, so yeah, so this would normally be a house-divided uh, 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 game uh, with my mom and my stepdad. And, um, yeah, and so, yeah, in the past, yes, I have picked Kansas City because of pop. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know what? I just, I can't, I just cannot. I just, I, I can't, I can't quit my boys. I cannot quit my boys. Um, I did see that um, Breeze has been quote unquote practicing, but it's, they, they admit like it's still a very long road in the recovery, but. Sean Payton also came out and said until Breeze is 100%, he's not starting. So Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's, it's really a, like a like a non-starter, but still. Uh, no, I'm still, even though Mahomes is, is my fantasy quarterback, I, um, nope, I'm still going to go with my boys. I, I'm All loyal right. to fault. Tim, Matt? you should know. Um, I'm sorry, uh. No, don't apologize. It's okay. I realize no. I'm going to be the odd man out here on this. No, Heather, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, your boy Taysom has completely neglected Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a guy who gets separation from anybody, and Taysom is not – he's not connecting on his passes. Uh, he, he's trying to live off his legs. Um, he's shown that the last two weeks. Um, and the thing is, is I think at this point – what did, I, what did I say all season? Peyton, play Taysom, see what you got, right? Well, I think we know what we have in Taysom Hill. 
he is not the future. Uh, I, I think what what Peyton and the front office needs to do is draft the quarterback of the future in the later rounds, groom him, um, and then let him take over. Because, I mean, Taysom Hill, like, he's got arguably the best receiver in the NFL uh, and the best running back in the NFL, honestly. Uh, and he's not making hay out of it yet. Uh, so even with their def- defensive deficiencies that Kansas City has, I'm going Kansas City um, because you know who's not going to miss a receiver? Patrick Mahomes. He's not yep. going to. Um, do you know who's not going to misread a defense? Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Taysom Hill did that quite a bit the last two weeks. He doesn't know how to read a defense, which kind of kills me because, like, dude, you've been in the same system for how many years? Honestly, like, you're kind of a gadget guy, but you've been taking snaps at quarterback. Like, you know the system. Like, what are you doing? Um, now, I think Hill could probably break off some big runs against Kansas City's defense. Um, and, and let's face it, New Orleans isn't playing defense the way they did last year. They, are re- they really aren't. Um, and then you look at the weapons that Mahomes has. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Kansas City, man. All right. I've got Kansas City in this one, too. Uh, New Orleans is playing well enough to make the playoffs with Taysom Hill, but they're really just biding time until Drew Brees comes back. And that's about the best I can give them. Kansas City is just a much better team, and they need this win to continue to stay ahead of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, I should also add, I also have Kansas City's defense on my fantasy. So. Uh, <laughs> and everybody else is New Orleans on your team. So you know what, you know what Heather? The funny thing is, is you're going to pick New Orleans, right? And watch Mahomes and the defense do well, but. Can, uh, but New Orleans pulls out the win somehow. Right, I, I, exactly. I, I wouldn't Who be knows? surprised. You know? It's 2020. Who knows? It's, yeah. it's a shootout where Mahomes hits everybody. Uh, the defense won't do well, but Mahomes will make up for it. Uh, Mahomes will hit everybody. It'll all get spread out, and all of Heather's New Orleans players will get touchdowns. Yeah. Hold on. But I mean, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be funny if, like, Kansas City's defense holds them to 14, and then New Orleans wins by like a safety, but yeah. like home still does well, you know, like <laughs> I, am, I am going to call this the week of the week because there are a bunch of trash games. So instead of three quick uh, instead of one quick pick of the week, uh, we've got three this week. Oh, Um and I'm going to start in so Miami. Weeks. Quick, Let's pluralize it, please. Quick picks of the week. Wah, wah. We'll start in Miami where the Dolphins are a two and a half point favorite hosting New England. Mac. Okay. Going? Oh, yes, Mac. Please tell us. Tim, I get an extra 10 seconds for this, okay? Because I've got to to focus. Um, I was the biggest fan of Cam Newton uh, in the signing, okay? I was. But Cam has done jack and shit, honestly. We get uh, games like we had against Arizona, all right, where this is supposed to be a much better team, and we beat the shit out of them. 
And then we have last week's game where the Patriots were, everything was a non-factor. Um, like everything, the defense didn't matter. And keep in mind, New England has a top 10 defense, both against the pass and against the rush. Um, and you've got Miami, who under Tua, uh, you know, he's been pulled a couple times, but like, Jesus Christ, like Miami's playing good football. Um, but I'm with, I'm like Heather. I'm not going against my Pats. Uh, I won't do you it. You just can't. It's, it's hard. Um, no, it's, it's not difficult. I know I'm going to lose this game. Um, but I mean, I'm not counting out the Pats because of what we did against Arizona. Um, if we can, uh, control the ball, play defense, like I know the new, uh, the Patriots can do, uh, you know, even if Cam only throws for a hundred yards, like Damian Harris, I don't know if you guys have watched him run the goddamn ball. Nope. Another another Alabama running back. Nope, I can tell you I haven't. You know he the guy is a fucking like he averages almost five yards of carry. You know so I'm going to England. All uh, right, that is Max my sticking team. with his team. Yep. Heather, who do you like? Um, I am going with Miami okay. on this yep. one because you guys know, and I will. If, if I get the chance to pick against Cam Newton or Bill Belichick, I will. And especially because Cam Newton, for the season, has five touchdowns and ten interceptions. Yeah, passing, yeah. Yeah, so um, and nothing gives me greater joy than seeing um, Cam Newton fail. So um, I'm going to go with Miami on this one. Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Oh, Jesus. Oh, did we lose okay. Tim? All right. So Tim had to step out for a bit. Uh, oh, Heather. Okay. Heather, I understand your hate. Um, but the okay, great- but my hate, though, goes very far ways back. So yes, I'm, I'm well aware. But the good. Uh, this is the positive for Cam, for me, the Pats fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's barely thrown any touchdown passes, but the guys run for 10 rushing touchdowns. Um, okay, for, great. Awesome. Wonderful. And, wow. Hold on. And for me at this point, like I would love to like be able to call up Bill and be like, dude, if you've got a quarterback uh, that's running for that many touchdowns, run the fucking triple option. Like do that shit in the pros. Go total old school. Do not throw a pass the entire game. Just run the fucking ball. Right. Um, but this goes back to how I feel about Josh McDaniels. You know, the offensive coordinator who's trying to, like, out hit out Josh McDaniels himself. Um, it's like, dude, you don't have Tom Brady anymore, dude. Um, you need to simplify the fuck out of that playbook and look at what you have and then call your plays. And Josh McDaniels is not doing that, you know? And, like, dude, we, we talked about this about, like, LSU. Like, play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, look at look at what you have. But don't don't stick to your system. I, I hate that shit. Well, this is my system. No, dude, fuck your system. For years, Bill Belichick was like, dude, I have a defensive system, but wait a minute. I have these players on defense, so this is how I'm going to run it, right? Mm-hmm. And he changes it every fucking year. Um, but, like, McDaniels is like, nope, nope, this is what I got. This is what I'm going to do. Oh, we got Cam, so we're going to have him run a little more. 
But, like, dude, you're, uh, McDaniel's play calling has sucked this year. It's fucking been absolutely awful. And Tim is back. And now yes, I, I was going to say, please, up. get your for reals. Like, yeah. you're really on your soapbox right now. So, Oh, well, my God. Heather, you are not allowed to give me shit the way you talk about the Saints. You are not allowed. <laughs> I, I've got Miami in this game. I'm siding with Heather here. Um, and honestly, I'm siding with Mac, too, because we all know Mac would be picking Miami in an unbiased uh option here mm-hmm. um exactly i just cam newton is not a good fit in that offense and nope. that's really what honestly, it boils honestly, down to so cam newton is not a good fit in any offense at this point he is a he's a backup quarterback who's going to get you a couple good games and that's it um and i hate to say that because i was so excited like i have a cam newton jersey uh, yeah because Ooh. i what i was excited about it i i still am um, you know, you I, I real adult dollars for that. But listen, we get listen, we got more picks we need to make. OK, yeah. hold on, Heather, Heather, before you get going, um, there was a big discount for Patriots gear this year. So <laughs> <laughs> because, right, well, our next even, pick of the week, on, even, even the Pats knew, uh, you know, that the, the head shed that the chief business officer was like, bro, we're not going to be good this year. So we better do a big discount for merch. Uh, and that's why I did it. So our next pick is San Francisco, a three point favorite at Dallas in a re uh, in a, in a game that why do we care? Okay. Uh, first off, Tim, you literally stuttered trying to describe the game. That's not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a close game, a close pick and we're going to do it. So Heather, let's start with you. Um, I, because again, like you said, who gives a fuck on this? Um, wait, who was playing again? Say that again. <laughs> San Francisco <laughs> and Dallas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I uh, I considered picking Dallas for number one fan because that's he is my loyalty. Um, but I decided to go with a risk on this one, and I went with San Francisco. Which is not really a risk because they're the favorite, but still, I went with San Francisco. All right, Mac, who do you like here? Okay, so because Zeke's out or questionable, so there's that. Yeah, but even then, Zeke has—he's barely been a factor. Um, Kyle Shanahan knows how to coach what he has, and he—I mean, let's face it—with all the injuries he's had, and there's been a shit ton in San Francisco, right? Um, you know, he's still. He's still done a pretty good job, all right, with, with the amount of players he's lost to, you know, injury. Um, Dallas's defense is what I would call a sieve, okay? They just let people go through them. Um, and even with his uh, name, I mean, honestly, he, he's got a bunch of guys you've never heard of playing running back, uh, but they still produce, um, you know. And even with Jimmy G being, uh, uh, I mean, I think we know Jimmy G is not the quarterback of the future in San Francisco. I think, I think we all know that now. Um, but I, I still like San Francisco over Dallas in this one. Uh, I, I, I Dallas's offense doesn't know how to function without Dak. Yeah. Cowboys fans. I said it. So go ahead and keep talking shit about Dak Prescott. When Andy Dalton, uh, the soulish ginger that he is, is taking snaps for you um, and doing nothing with the talent that you have. Um, but yeah, give me San Fran. Yeah. 
I've got San Fran too, if for nothing else, and to throw a bone over to my buddy James, who's doing well in our fantasy football league. Um, and our the final, other, what's that? The other James. Sorry. Yeah, not number one fan, James. Yeah. Uh, uh, first off, it's not just number one fan, James. It's the James. The James. Yes. yes. Go ahead. Continue. Yes. Our final quick pick of the week, Chicago at Minnesota. Minnesota is a three and a half point home favorite. Heather, we started with you last time. So let's turn to Mac. Uh, Okay. I liked how Chicago's defense played last week. I really do. But, I mean, Minnesota still has Dalvin Cook. (laughs) I mean, that dude is uh, uh, one of the renaissance running backs we have between Nick Chubb, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. Like, these are the kind of the renaissance guys that are are going back to those power running backs. you know, that we had during like Eddie George, you know, all those guys. So, uh, but you know, all that being said, okay. Um, I'm going Minnesota, not just for me, but for our bench warmers guys, man, (laughs) I I gotta, I, I gotta do it for them. Um, because, uh, I just think that team is going to score more points against Minnesota's defense than Minnesota's offense. Hold on. I, I said it backwards. Yeah, you said it backwards. It's- Yo, I'm starting to get tipsy. I think <laughs> Minnesota's offense is going to actually score more points because of Dalvin Cook. Um, and Chicago's offense, which is like almost devoid of talent. Okay. And granted, Minnesota's defense is the best, uh, but – they still have Dalvin Cook, and I trust Dalvin Cook. Like, Dalvin Cook is a game-changer in every facet of the game, uh, you know, whether it's rushing or, or catching the ball. Um, granted, everybody, I'm sorry I messed that up the first time, but I'm talking really fast, so forgive me. But, yeah, give me the Vikings. Give me the Vikings against the Bears. All right, Heather. Um, And as much as I hate to fucking pick them and especially too because our binge warmer boys just really love to just push that button i also picked minnesota for this game i just was not hopeful about the bears so um yeah i also went with minnesota yeah i also have minnesota uh making a clean sweep across that board um simply because not only do they have dalvin cook but i'm really liking what jefferson is doing up there oh my god jefferson hold on uh you remember when everybody was giving uh minnesota shit about trading uh stefan diggs yeah and they're like what do you have to replace him holy shit jefferson right yeah and i think a lot of that was uh what was the old Miss receiver that Minnesota drafted that did nothing? Uh, but that he was would like, require me paying attention to Minnesota football. But no, he was a first round pick, and then they picked Jefferson, who was an old Miss wide receiver, right? Yeah, thought, that. Yeah. Wasn't Jefferson an LSU guy? He was an LSU guy. Was he now? Okay. Yeah, isn't he the one who had like the four touchdowns in the first half against uh, Oklahoma? That is, he must not be named Little Brother. I apologize, guys. You're right. (laughs) I'm kind of tipsy right now, so don't judge me. Um, But um, 
you know, this was a first, uh, well, Jefferson was a first round pick, right? I Late round. So. Yeah. But he, yeah. Like, are you like, talking about Laquan Treadwell? Yeah, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell was a late first-round pick that was a bust. Jefferson was almost, like, everybody looked at him the same thing. Like, dude, you're, it's a late-round, you know, first-round pick. And Jefferson's done nothing but fucking been awesome. Um, I love the guy. Uh, let's face it, he was a, a first-round wideout, had, you know... Being a wideout, honestly, is probably one of the roughest transitions from college to pros. I, I think we could all say that. And Jefferson had a rough few weeks and has just done nothing but produce since. So, yeah. All right. So, jumping real quick into our fantasy update, we do not have a college pick'em anymore because uh, that Over. season has ended. But we will be setting up our bowl pick'em. Yes, doing that um, this week. So, okay. But, First off, guys, are we doing the whole bowl pick'em? Like all of us together. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out a date to do that. Yeah, we are. Um, okay. All right. Well, uh, let's just make sure that we do it. Uh, and for me, this is my vote that we all block off some time at the end of the night and we do it at once because I'm not doing it you know. in two parts. Yeah, I don't want to do it in two parts. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Let's go. Uh, I want to make fantasy football. The playoffs started, so there's no winners this week because each matchup lasts two weeks. But after the first week in the championship semifinals, I lead Harrison 145 to 127. The French button pushers have a narrow lead over Cheesehead Canuck 142 and to 136. And in the consolation ladder, Team Burza leads Team No Luck 162 to 108. Josh leads Mac 100 to 92. And the house divided is in favor of number one fan James, who leads Heather <laughs> 93 to 70. Yeah. They can't see me shrugging. Listen, yeah. I said I was going to be Taco. Okay. I've accepted that. I'm going to be the Sacco for this, for this. So it's fine. It, it's worth mentioning you have never played fantasy football before. I have not. Especially no, not no. in the NFL. So this is what pissed me off this week. I was actually beating Josh by like six points. <laughs> yeah, but he had players left. No, he had player left. Okay. <laughs> and then Monday night hit. Okay. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, fuck, dude. And I'm pretty sure it was Mark Andrews. Um, yeah. I should have put up almost 200 points this week, but Baker Mayfield was on my bench because I picked him up late and forgot to start him. And I had the Arizona defense on my bench uh, who put up 20 points to Baltimore's negative four. Yeah, well, dude, I don't even want to fucking hear it. Yeah, but that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get on the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's Just My Face, Marital Tiffs, and Dead Girls Talking. For Heather and Mac, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Hey, yo, I know you're listening. Stop being a bitch and leave that review. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm doing this tonight. I'm being very confrontational. Let us know if you like us or not. And if you don't, I will talk shit about you next time. And that'll oh. work. And that will make you feel better. 
for you wasting your time talking shit about the three best fucking sports people in all of fucking North Carolina. All right, have a good week. Oh yeah, it's been that type of week, guys. Oh.